0: Here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Beautiful day outside. Beautiful. I mean, the best day of the week. The best of days to come as we have a cold front moving in. So, you know, listen to the the station. We're here with you all day. Brenda and I till 1 and then Tom Bowerly till 4. So bring the radio with you. Bring the app with you. But take in some of this beautiful weather while you're also responsibly social distancing. Brenda, good morning. Yeah, Brenda all ready to go. We do have Niagara Falls Superintendent Mark Laurie with us this morning. Mark, good morning.
3: Good morning, uh, Brenda and Joe. Nice to be with you.
0: Mark, first uh, question, how is everything going with uh, you and the social distancing, the coronavirus?
3: Everything is going great. We've been healthy and strong and uh, really, really the city and the school district has done a great job. I think Uh, I know I'm biased, but I'm really proud of uh, what we're doing here. All right. Now,
0: on Friday, the governor announced that schools will not physically be going back. Uh, to school this academic year what is your response to that and what does the rest of the academic school year look like
3: well I really like how you phrase that Joe because while physically we're not going back to school academics and education will continue through June 9th for students so that that's not a let-up in what we expect students and teachers and staff to do we'll continue to deliver meals six days a week we will continue to put uh, work assignments online and also in hard copy packets to be picked up. And we'll continue to be a resource for mental health and a resource for anything that anyone in the community needs going forward. So really, it's been it'll be business like the last seven weeks have been in, in the school district for at least another five weeks or so to get through this. And then we'll move into our what I like to call second phase of planning. and that's summer with the third phase of planning being September. So what's
4: the plan for students to get their belongings and to clean out the classrooms
3: so at the end of the year? Uh, I, I believe it's a little hard to hear Brenda, Joe, but- Yeah, her question is what is the
0: plan for students to get their belongings, clean out their lockers, you know, end of the year stuff that usually happens at the end of June?
3: Sure. that's been a since Friday that's been a very uh, big question for for folks we have to we have to do it number one but we have to do it in a form of social distancing and very uh, protective of everyone's health so we're not physically closing schools down to let everybody come in at one time and get their stuff so this week we are going to set a very uh, precise plan for teachers to come in uh, and they will they'll, especially in the elementary grades they're going to be bagging and putting things together for their students uh, so that at a very uh, easy pickup place, as we call them in, maybe by alphabet or um, every other class or something like that, they'll be able to come in and pick up their belongings. Mm-hmm. In the high school and middle school level, we'll set, a, we'll set a plan whereby on certain days, certain letters of the alphabet can come in. We want to space those lockers out so that they can come in at, at certain times. It's gonna be very prescriptive, very didactic, very uh, you know, very controlled so that we do not uh, violate the social distancing rules or bring the spread into our schools or out of our schools to someone. So we'll lay out a very clear plan this week. We will let students come in after teachers are able to come in and get things together for them. We need to collect books. We need to collect library books. We need to collect lockers. Locks. We need to turn in instruments. The list goes on and on, and uh, we'll we'll have a complete plan soon. But it's going to take. It's not going to be one day. It'll probably be spread over two weeks. We have 7,500 kids to do this with, and um, for the younger kids, like I said, the teachers will have much more of a role in that. And for the older kids, they'll, they'll be coming in on a scheduled basis.
4: Uh, Mark, I hope you can hear me a little better now um, I noticed that you had a, a lovely message for the class of 2020 such an abrupt end of the school year did uh, you offered to help and to have folks call in did anybody take you up on that what kind of response have you gotten
3: the, the response has been phenomenal uh, they 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 feel for these students they feel for the class of 2020 420 strong in Niagara Falls graduating seniors uh, we had a class meeting that was facilitated facilitated by the high school principal, class advisors, and ten student senior leaders this week that I was part of. We were able to discuss options. We'd like to present a final plan to our board of education this Thursday. Um, the students were very understanding and accommodating and real. They uh, they they weren't you know they wished that they could have what they had planned to have for the past 12 years and what everybody else has, but they were real. And what I liked about them was that they understand the situation and they were patient. Their anger wasn't apparent at all. Their frustration wasn't apparent at all. So it looks like we're going to have one humongous graduation day, probably bigger than anything that this community's ever seen for these seniors. You know, it makes uh, Senior Skip Day a
0: little easier this year,
3: though. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh that's that's the one thing that we won't be planning for senior skip day um we won't we won't be we won't be planning or reacting to that but uh I guess those are rites of passage uh, as an administrator, didn't always love, but I you know, certainly certainly could uh, understand why we're not doing it this year. Let me ask you
0: now, uh, have you heard of anything the senior class students are doing, maybe virtually, to celebrate the end of senior year? That those senior year, as you said, events that they're missing. Have you heard of any virtual events going on?
3: Sure, we always do a senior lip-dub where they take a couple of popular songs and the whole senior class comes in and they parade through the hall and they dance and sing and dress up that that's going to happen virtually. We have commitment day, which we're working on now. Commitment day is the day when you wear your, the college that you're going to attend, the sweatshirt or sweater. If you're going to a job site, you wear your uniform. We take pictures. That will be done virtually. Um, we, uh, we'll, we're putting together, uh, some montages of photos and pictures and, uh, ways to communicate, of course, done virtually. And as I said, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the planning of a huge, huge community celebration, possible parade concluding at night with the illumination of the falls in blue and gold, uh, a, a, a lengthy parade where kids can get their diplomas, uh, if that's the way we need to go.
4: Mark, I've got to give you an A-plus for whoever designed uh, your web page. I looked at it this morning, and I love how you have people from all different schools on their Zoom shot. Uh, what a great idea. How did that come about?
3: Well, I'm really, I'm really proud of our technology staff, Brenda. They have really rallied together. We have a, a, a young lady who sits at home, and we just feed her things continuously, all day, all night. We're having people send in pictures. We do a pop-up COVID message every day. It's, uh, it's the highlight of the day. Uh, teachers are filling the pages with pictures. Anything that we see, we take a look at, we vet. Uh, our public relations staff is working on that all the time. We are, you know, we're taking community shots in. Um, our, our local Western New York BOCES, radio, our website is one of the best. Uh, during this time, and we were really proud of that distinction. We've worked really hard, uh, not only for the you know the what I would call the the, the more fun shots or the more glamorous uh, happy happy moments, but the the meat behind that, where you could find education, is really second to none. And uh, that's a tribute to the technology team, our technology director, the PR staff, our our teachers. Uh, especially some of the teachers at Niagara Falls High School who have really taken the lead on this to help celebrate everything that's going on. So we're doing it every day, seven days a week. We update it and change it every day.
4: You know, nobody would ever want to uh, go through this again or be happy that this COVID-19 crisis happened around the world. But does that make you feel like there are some good things that have actually come from this situation, Mark, when you see the way the technology department responded, the way you're students responded, the way your staff has done so. Does that give you hope for the future?
3: Oh, absolutely. I think I think you, I think think where we have to start is with the kids. They could be angry, miserable, disappointed, frustrated. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are, but they haven't shown it one bit. Have not shown that one bit, um, and, and I'm sure they, I feel it. So it really gives me a lot of faith in young people. Secondly, it gives me a lot of faith in their ability to manage challenges and adversity and to take on the world that is a technological world. Then something that I always knew about Niagara Falls is that, you know, we will rally together in the toughest times. We've done it on other occasions and we've really done it without incident, without uh, any kind of complaint or concern. Everybody kind of has come together and has worked together and uh, really, it's made the job easy and almost to, I think, where you're going, it's almost made it um, invigorating to know that uh, uh, people are there giving you a kind word or a suggestion in a non judgmental way. It's kind of been reinvigorating uh, to your point. Mark, now we know Regents exams have been canceled
0: for the year, uh, but we all know that High School Report Card has five five grades on it the four semesters and the final exam is that going to be removed or are teachers coming up with final exams
3: no we're not going to do any final assessments in niagara falls i know this this varies uh from district to district but we're going to use a hold harmless grading system um we're, we're not going to be putting in letter or number grades unless you are in a college course We do have a number of students who take college courses from Niagara County Community College and Niagara University. They'll continue their grading policy. The rest of the students will be uh, adjudicated on the 10, 20, and 30-week grade. If they're passing and they're doing work now, they'll get an average of those grades. If you weren't successful in your 10, 20, and 30-week grade, in middle school and high school and you're turning and completing in work now to a satisfactory level you'll receive a p indicating pass for the course credit for the course if you've done extremely well you'll receive an m meaning that you've mastered the coursework and unfortunately if you haven't done any of that uh, you're going to receive an f or an i for incomplete so uh our, our premise was we cannot let this virus or we could not let home conditions dictate a grade. That's why we chose to use a hold harmless a grading system, meaning that everyone doesn't have equal footing and equal access from their homes. Uh, despite our best efforts, we can't use a grade to penalize or punish or reward or strengthen, but we'll hold harmless on what you've done unless you've picked it really up in the last 10 weeks, that could put you back over the top.
0: All right. Now, taking a look to September to next year, um, right now, looks like schools might be able to open. Have you guys started that plan of the what ifs or if this happens, if this doesn't happen
3: for the next academic year? Yes, we we have started the plan. And I think that the governor's announcement this week uh, gives us enough time to make a solid plan. We know how to open schools under normal conditions the Niagara Falls School District has done it 114 times successfully in the history of its incorporation where we are now is new territory it's, it's building a bridge that we're putting flat in front of flat so to speak so we've put together a team unfortunately we call it our COVID team but uh, we put together a team and that includes uh, uh, the administration teachers um, non-instructional folks parents uh, from each level, and we're considering putting a student or two on there from the high school level, as well as our school medical examiner and doctor, and our Niagara County Department of Health uh, Commissioner, uh, uh, Dan Stapleton. And we are going to have our first uh, virtual entire meeting this Friday. We've already read all of the guidance so far, and we're going to put not one plan together but multiple ones together. What would it look like if it, if we couldn't come together as uh, one? What would it look like if we came together half a year, if we had to do every other day classes? So we have to put a lot of meat to the bones of what the outline is, but we started to work.
4: Barca, the last time we had John, you talked about a staggering number of meals that are delivered through the school system. Uh, will that distribution of meals continue for the time being?
3: Yes, so we've made a very conscious decision because the number now after 36 days is 175,000 meals. Mm-hmm. We're we're I'm proud that we're doing 6 meals a day in Niagara, 6 days a week in Niagara Falls, two meals a day And beginning on Monday, May 11th, we're going to start our first dinner program at one of our elementary schools. So Hyde Park School, which has been our largest meal pickup uh, location, will now be serving a dinner on Monday night sponsored by a local church, which I think is just absolutely incredible that a local church wanted to come forward and be a co-sponsor with the district to provide a spaghetti dinner to go, of course, to to Hyde Park students where we have our biggest subscription but we will continue meals throughout the remainder of the school year right up till September. That means it'll continue uh, six days a week. Now, the only thing we may cut back on is we're delivering out of 11 locations. We may cut back uh, a few of those locations as we move into the summer break so that we can cook. These are regular cooked school meals that we can cook out of uh, fewer spots. We're thinking of six spots, but we will distribute all summer long.
4: And how does that work? Does somebody have to show ID or do you not turn away anyone who may be hungry? How does it all play out?
3: Yeah, we, we, we these are meals for students, you know, of course, 18 and under, they're, they can go to the closest um, school. We, uh, we, we have not turned away anyone. The meals are supposed to be for our students and children. We trust the community. We know there are people in need beyond that, so we're not asking for ID. Uh, the school's now have a very good handle on who comes. We, we, you know, we know that there may be occasions when it's not as pure and clean as it, it should be, but in this time, this is an unprecedented, uh, unprecedented time. We're not asking for ID. We're, we're going on the faith of our people and the faith of our citizens and their, and their children. We have got to serve food to make sure that we're healthy. It's also a chance during the food delivery to drop off your schoolwork. It'll also be a chance to receive information. For instance, our pre-K three and four applications will be available to pick up. We're able to pick leaf pamphlets and information out at those tables in a socially distant way. So the 11 to one o'clock hour during the week in Niagara Falls is absolutely critical.
0: Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, go out, and enjoy some of this nice weather, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Anytime. Thank you very much, both of you. Have a good day. Thank you, you too. That's Mark Laurie, the superintendent of the Niagara Falls school system. Well, as you could tell, there were a little uh, technical issues, but we have Brenda on. We got her via cell phone. Brenda, you sound great.
4: Oh, thanks, Joe. I'm glad we had a plan B ready to roll.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, that we came up with during the interview. Uh, When we come back, our own Mike Baggerman will join us. I have not seen Mike Baggerman since early March, but he's been working very hard. We've got a few questions for him. That's after news here on News Radio 930
1: WBEN. Welcome back.
0: Call from mom. Answer it.
2: Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
0: To Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy with you until one o'clock today. Governor Cuomo giving his daily briefing at noon live again, from New York City. And we'll have that here on WBEN. Now, someone who's been covering all of the county happenings here in Erie and in Niagara County, it is Mike Baggerman. Mike, good morning.
5: Good morning, Joe. Hope everything's going well with you.
0: Yeah, you too. That's my, uh, my first question. So uh, we were just talking off the air. I haven't seen Mike since early to mid-March. So Mike, first question is, how are you and Jenna doing?
5: We're doing alright, you know, it's it's such a weird experience having to work from home, uh, especially, you know, as like I was telling you before we came on the air, I'm somebody that I've never liked working from home. I, I always like to do everything in the office, even if that meant that I would have to go out of my way uh, to drive, say, from the city of Buffalo, go back up to our office in Amherst, and then, you know, later in the day, drive home to Hamburg. Uh, you know, I never liked taking my work home with me. Now you're telling me that during this pandemic, I have to work exclusively from home. It's not the most ideal situation. And, you know, I've gotten in the habit of, you know, getting into a bit of a routine so that I can still treat, you know, X amount of time from Uh, uh, dedicated to work but it's still just a weird experience working from home but obviously i'm trying to make the best of it and i'm sure everybody else out there is trying to do the same thing
0: now i'm this is more of a curious question uh how these county for the erie county press conferences how they've changed from when they started minus the they're not every day but how covering them has changed since day one
5: Sure. So when we were talking about when the pandemic had first come out, uh, the county executive, the health commissioner, they would hold the briefings uh, right in the RAF building. Originally it was on uh, Mark, in Mark Polenkar's office on the 13th floor. Then they moved it down to the 9th floor in what was a bigger conference room. And then originally everyone was standing or sitting next to each other. And then they, as they started talking about social distancing, six feet apart, okay, they started spreading all of us out and about in a room and then it came down to a point where they just said, OK, you know, we're not going to be doing any of these press briefings in person. They all moved it to virtual. And, you know, I made a little bit of a stink about it when they first did it, because the one thing that's important to me as a reporter and as a journalist is that I want to get access to these guys. I want to be able to ask them questions in person and get you know a fair shake because you don't want them to say, OK, now we're going to pick Uh, This station and this station, then just happen to skip over WBEN. You don't want that to happen. You want fair and equal access. So eventually it got to the point where we started doing just all these WebEx meetings, and then they call on every outlet individually but we get two turns each so you know you got to compromise in this it's not the most ideal because at the same time it's tough to get a follow-up question in uh but you know we're trying to do the best we can like you said mark doesn't do it every day anymore he does it monday wednesday and friday uh sometimes it's just him sometimes he has the health commissioner with him and you get kind of used to the routine after a while but you know as we start to learn more about how this pandemic is impacting people uh these press conferences are starting to become more and more important
4: And, Mike, I wanted to ask you, with uh, Erie County being second to the New York City area in cases, have there been any conversations with the county executive about uh, joining Governor Cuomo on one of his updates? Now, he's been doing it on a daily basis, and I'm wondering if there's a chance that uh, perhaps the governor can include Mark Poloncarz and get input from our end of the state.
5: I wouldn't bank on it, Brenda, that's only because New York City is such a spot and the governor is really dedicating most of his time to either staying in Albany or staying down in the New York City area. He's only come to Buffalo the one time. It was the other Monday when he was at Roswell Park, and that was just for that reopening of Western New York plan. I wouldn't foresee... Uh, The county executive and the governor getting together in the same room to have the conversation about coronavirus only because the governor's already got so much on his plate because, you know, yes, we are so hyper focused on what's happening in Buffalo and Erie County as a whole. You got to remember, Governor Cuomo has to take care of the entire state. And it just so happens that the biggest city in this state happens to be the spot where it's most impacted across the entire globe. So I wouldn't expect Governor Cuomo uh, to be uh, you know, sitting in the same room as Mark Polin cars. But I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't 100% outrule it. It could happen if uh, the county executive um, happens to be in Buffalo at the same time that the governor is. If the governor comes over, maybe we could see it again, but I wouldn't bank on it.
4: I was was hoping he would use technology just to uh, perhaps include polling cars in a a WebEx or something like that, but I guess we'll see. But, uh, Mike, on another topic, on Friday's uh, report from County Executive Polling Cars, there were some disturbing numbers about uh, hospitalizations and the uh, two-week hope that there would be a decline. Uh, What was your takeaway from that meeting on Friday, the latest update
5: well the the thing on Friday you have to remember that when the way that Erie County is tracking coronavirus nowadays, they're not going by How many total cases have there been they are obviously calculating the amount of deaths that come in but the real tracker to understand how the county is examining where we are in this pandemic is through the hospitalization numbers on friday the county executive gave out the numbers from last wednesday which said that there were 253 hospitalizations in erie county now there's two ways that you can look at it you can look at it as okay We are still near the peak number that we had last monday of 258 people or you can look at it as okay there's been a steady decline Uh, the hospitalization number like i said is the main tracker that they're using to figure out where we are in this pandemic and the real problem came all the way back on last monday when it Uh, spiked from right around 230 cases to 258 it was the largest single day rise that we've seen and we haven't really been able to come down that much since that peak number was announced last night mark gave out his additional update on hospitalization numbers, and it's only down to 242. So we still have a long way to go until this pandemic is done at the local
0: front. So following the two counties, Erie and Niagara County, do you see where the response could be more regionalized? So where we could see Niagara County starting to open things up long before Erie County, just because of those numbers?
5: In a way, we already are, because Niagara County is able to conduct elective surgeries at their hospitals. Niagara County, uh, last I looked, it only had right around 488 cases. And another thing about Niagara County is because they're so much smaller than Erie County, they're also able to track the active cases. So right now, the active cases are at 229 in Niagara County. Erie County, I mean, there's been so many cases, they can't even track the active cases anymore because they rely on people self-reporting. In Niagara County, they have reports that 234 people have recovered, which is right around half. So Niagara County, they're managing this pretty well. Erie County, they're doing their best to manage it. But because the city of Buffalo alone has nearly 1,400 cases, it's much tougher to manage, okay, who's being honest with their diagnosis, uh, how many new tests are coming in. It's a lot easier to manage it at the Niagara County level because they're also able to do elective surgeries now.
4: Mike, obviously there's a huge domino effect on businesses being affected by all the closures and the social distancing and so forth. Uh, You reported just a a couple of days ago about Tesla looking for a one-year deferral from the state to avoid a $41 million penalty uh, related to the job creation numbers in South Buffalo. Uh, Was it, at this point, the biggest business story that you've covered in relation to COVID-19?
5: I wouldn't say it's the biggest business story, only because when you look at it broadly, I mean, how many businesses have had to close during this and how many have had to furlough their staff or lay off people just to try to make do? The Tesla news is obviously a big one because they had to have about 1,500 employees at their Buffalo plant by April 1st, or they would have had to owe New York State $41 million. The news by Tesla didn't really come as a surprise since New York basically said, you know, any kind of commitment that you had to make, we will give you the option to do a one-year deferral. All you have to do is sign this paperwork. So Tesla just took New York State up on the offer. Um, When I'm I'm still thinking about some of the biggest stories that I've had. I, I think the biggest thing when you just look at it at the big picture is that, you know, the federal government has authorized people to do the Small Business Association loans, those SBA loans, and just the idea that a lot of these small businesses need to immediately take advantage of that opportunity that the federal government is giving them. Because this is tough times for everybody financially, not just in the private sector, but the public sector too.
4: Of course, yeah. And you know, uh, Mike, you may have heard some of our interview with uh, Niagara Falls City School Superintendent Mark Laurie, where he talked about how they've adjusted. And another one that Another situation that uh, jumps out at me is the way Roswell is adjusting, no longer having the Ride for Roswell as we know it, but now called the summer of the ride. You covered that story as well, right?
5: That's right. Uh, So Ride for Roswell was originally planned for June 27th. And everyone, if you live in Buffalo, you know what the Ride for Roswell is, right? It's a special way that everybody can raise funds for cancer. Well, right when this pandemic really started to take effect, uh, Ride for Roswell organizers said, we will have the ride in some way. Stay tuned for our announcement on May 1st. May 1st was obviously Friday. They announced the summer of the ride, which is a new way. It's it's what they're called reimagining. Think of it as a rebranding just for one year uh, for the ride for Roswell. So starting on April 1st, that's a Saturday, uh, each weekend in that month, they're going to be having uh, shorter rides that are more physically distant from one another, and they're only 20 minutes long at a time. Or people can ride their own way from August 1st until August 21st. And the, the really cool thing that Roswell Park is doing is that they are um, allowing people to register on their website, but you don't have to pay any money to register. You have no fundraising minimum that you have to do. They just want people to get out, raise funds, and use it towards a good cause. There are fundraising incentives that they also have as well. Um, So that's another thing that they're doing. That's the summer of the ride that they're calling. And one more note on that, Brenda. When when the Roswell Park organizers said that there was going to be something happening to the ride for Roswell, they started what was called their COVID-19 Response Fund. And in the month of April, they raised funds exclusively for that. They raised $77,000. So a lot of Western New Yorkers were able to come together for a great cause, $77,000 for that response fund. It's amazing. Mike,
0: on Friday, uh, I saw you reported that the, the, I'm guessing the county executive mentioned that cocaine use has been up in Erie County. Was that the first we had heard of drug usage up during coronavirus?
5: No, when all this started, they were also concerned about the rise in uh, cocaine and also the rise in just heroin overdoses as well. Remember, everything is being impacted by this coronavirus pandemic, and that also means that the recovery services and the treatment services that Erie County has, they've had to lessen because of the mandated social distancing. It's been tough for people. There's been a rise in cocaine use, there's been a rise in overdose deaths because There are drugs that are laced with fentanyl. And as we've reported countless times, just a little bit of fentanyl can kill you. There's a lot of services that Erie County still has. They're still operating them. And of course, if you go to the Erie County website, we've got uh, they've got a ton of information just about resources to help people who are uh, on drugs.
4: Uh, Mike and and Joe, I think um, uh, both crisis services and organizations like Save the Michaels have been really vocal about this and uh, I really give the county executive and Dr. Gail Burstein a lot of credit for constantly reinforcing the need for mental health uh, support, emotional support during these tough times, and it's easy to turn to, you know, uh, escapes like drugs and alcohol, but you have to do it responsibly, and uh, I I know that they've really made an effort to help people uh, with phone numbers and other resources, but it is a disturbing trend to see this, and I've read stories, you know, that it's happening nationwide as well uh mike how often do you get reports from say the county on issues like this or is it all part of an overall report
5: Uh, it's part of an overall report Uh, the county executive holds a press conference every single monday wednesday and friday Um, so we're expecting to learn more information tomorrow about you know what the county is doing to try to help uh, people who are in crisis whether it's a drug overdose uh, domestic violence situations they update that um, either, if not during their initial report, each uh, of those press conference updates, they do it during the Q&A session because the questions inevitably inevitably be brought up.
4: Mike, before you run, uh, I have to ask you, I know you're uh, somewhat of a newlywed and you've been spending a lot of time at home with your wife. Uh, have you gotten to know each other even better now? <laughs>
5: Well, we've been getting along really well. You know, my wife is working from home as well. Uh, she's a teacher in the area, and you know, it, it's been a challenge. We're obviously very respectful of uh, each other during our work, but we had an issue the other day where I have a setup here in my house where I have like this little mixing board that allows me to do all my sound stuff, but I have to be in this one spot and we live in a little apartment. So normally my wife does her meetings in the kitchen, but the kitchen is right across my left shoulder here. So if I'm in a phone interview with somebody and she's in a meeting with her uh, fellow teachers, it's like, I have to be like, listen, you, you gotta get out of (laughs) here. So she goes into the bedroom and she just does her meetings that way. It's, It's a challenge having to work from home, but obviously, you know, we we get along great. And, uh, you know, my wife, she's she's awesome at what she does. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the work that she and a lot of the other teachers have had to do during this time.
0: I got one more question for you, Mike. With the gyms closed, I know you're a morning workout guy. Have you improvised? Have you fit some kind of workout strategy in there? Or are you just like most people waiting for the gyms to reopen?
5: Joe, I've fallen off the wagon completely. Yeah, I that- mean, I've, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm working from home. I try to do planks every now and then, a little bit of yoga here and there. But oh my god, I had a cinnabon maybe 20 minutes before I came on. Oh man, airport. come yes. on, and. I'm, and and, and Sunday is typically my cheat day, but I've turned every day into my cheat day. So I have not even bothered to try to step on a scale. I'm petrified at the Mike, number.
0: Mike, uh, the first month of quarantine, I was right there with you. I put the quarantine 20 on. Two pairs, my favorite two pair of jeans did not fit me. Uh, one of them still doesn't, and it will be a long time until they fit me again. So I can totally relate.
5: The beam machine is back, it sounds like, right? We'll see. We're, the,
0: my, the quarantine 20 has turned into the quarantine 12, so uh, I'll give yeah, you an update yeah. in three weeks.
5: Yeah, my, my pants have gotten a lot tighter. I don't even need a belt anymore. Um, you know, if, This isn't ideal for my waist, but you know, I did go for an hour-long walk yesterday at a park, so I, I think I'm doing something to try to help.
0: That's great. Well, Mike, it's, it's been too long since we saw you here. Great reporting. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk soon.
5: All right. Miss you guys. Hope to see you soon.
0: All right. That's Mike Baggerman working from home, as he has been doing since mid-March and it looks like into the distance future. You know, Brenda, uh, you've got Mike working at home. You've got Brian working at home. You're working at home. Alan's at home. Sandy's at home. There's no one here.
4: You must be a lonely guy, my friend.
0: I'll tell you, sometimes it does. You know, the mornings during the week are nice because I've got Susan Rose here and Randy Bushover's here. Uh, but Sundays, once Randy leaves, it is a very lonely place here at WBEN.
4: You know, Joe, as the uh, setup is laid out at Entercom, uh, we sit right near the bistro that's where my desk is located. And you've heard, you know, many of our on-air folks talk about the kitchen area, the bistro And just like at home, you know, everybody kind of gathers in the kitchen. So it would be really nice to see, you know, Baggerman walk through or Sandy walk through, uh, the engineering staff, other salespeople, the marketing department, the programmers. And it just was a constant flow through the kitchen area. And now, ironically, I'm sitting in my kitchen talking to you and it's, just me and the dog, because my husband is in here at the moment, uh, and our two cats. So it's really a weird, uh, you know, a weird vibe. And I do miss everybody at the office. I certainly miss that interaction with um, folks from all of the different departments at Entercom, and I miss kidding around with my coworkers, and uh, even miss some of my bosses.
0: You know, I, I said Brenda, there's, there's even the person, and we won't say names on the air, but I'm sure there's a person that you know, got on your nerves, you didn't really look forward to talking to, I'm even missing those conversations right now.
4: (laughs) I saw a funny meme about there where it said, I even miss the people I don't like. And it's, (laughs) I think we're all appreciating, uh, you know, our friendships at work and our coworkers, so. Definitely a different way of life, but hopefully um, sooner than later we'll get back to the office and back to some degree of normalcy
0: again. Oh yes, that's what we look forward to. Brenda Lacey's with us here at Hardline, hosted by Brenda Lacey and me, Joe Beamer. Beth Parlato joins us after the break and after the news here on News Radio nine thirty WBen.